This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Aloha, and their nutrient-packed whole food products. Get through the holiday rush with their wide variety of immune-boosting and cleansing teas, pure and powerful protein bars and powders, revitalizing whole food blends, and more. Enter promo code ALOHA20 on aloha.com to get 20% off orders of $50 or more through December 31st, 2015. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Athlete Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of No Meat Athlete Radio. I'm Matt Frazier, joined remotely by Doug Hay, and we've got a guest today, Doug. Yeah, we got another guest, and I guess we should say, this is the second time in a row that we haven't been together, right? Right, and this one has nothing to do with your crotch being on fire. <laughs> nothing to do with crotch fire. No, I'm down in Atlanta visiting my sister and my niece, um, and hanging out with them, so... But we'll be back together soon. We got an interview today. This is going to be a fun episode. And one of these days, we're going to give the full details of the of the crotch fire story. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the next uh, <laughs> in the next few episodes. Yes, we are. So, so, so hold your hold your britches. Yes. So we've been promising guests for a while, and although we do have a lot of guests lined up, I, we have like fifteen guests right now on a list that are going to be happening soon. Uh, those are not going to be our only episodes. This is not going to become the Ritual Podcast, which we we both <laughs> enjoy and listen to. Uh, but but it, th- you know that's how we're different. We we talk about crotch fire sometimes, <laughs> so we're still going to mix in episodes where it's just uh, good old Doug and me, and um, you know probably probably alternating would be kind of a nice way to do it going forward. But we'll see how that shakes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, though, our guest today is a repeat guest, Jeff Sanders, host of the Five AM Miracle Podcast, which is a really good podcast. Uh, Jeff is a friend of ours. We went and visited him in Nashville. I guess it was last year. No, maybe two years ago now. No, yeah, last we, we, if if anyone owns the Marathon Roadmap 2.0 and they've seen those videos, that was filmed in Jeff's den. Yes, uh, yes, it definitely was. It was in his apartment, <laughs> and uh, you probably can't tell. They were nice professional setup. Then yeah. we drove all the way to Nashville to use Jeff's professional video setup and yeah, hang out cool. with him and do some honky tonk stuff at night <laughs> and go to the casino on the way there. So we had a good little trip. Um, but yeah, fun fact that those marathon roadmap videos are all filmed in, in Jeff Sanders' apartment. Anyway, Jeff's got a published book coming out. I believe the official release date is December 1st, 2015, but I think it's also available before that on Amazon. Uh, maybe even now we will find out from Jeff. Uh, but he's, he's just, he's my accountability partner. He and I meet on Monday mornings to talk about the week ahead and what we accomplished based on our goals from the previous week. Uh, that's a strategy that I recommend for everyone, and Jeff happens to be the guy who I do it with. So uh, he's fun to talk to. He's got some really good stuff, and his book, uh, I've read, read through it, does a really nice job of kind of just pulling together all these different productivity and personal development topics that you've heard us talk about on the podcast as much as this is not about that stuff in, in particular. Uh, mm-hmm. We do bring up a lot of things like anchor habits, um, accountability, Goal setting. This stuff is all in there. Jeff's approach to it, and a lot of it is is I guess influenced by my thinking on it because Jeff and I talk so much about this stuff, as well as influenced by you know all, all the rest of the internet that that you read about productivity and all these different things. So it's a very good book. Um, I'm it's I would highly recommend it, and uh, we'll we'll get into all the details about it. Great. Yeah. So um, 
I guess that's it. The only other thing that I've got to mention is the bundle sale, or which we did last Black, last Black Friday. Um, this is not our last episode before Thanksgiving. It's it's actually our our next to last. Actually, not our last next to last before Black Friday because that's that's the real holiday, right, Doug? <laughs> right. Who cares about Thanksgiving? Right? Yeah, it's right. all I mean, about it's all about shopping. Exactly. I think I think we can all agree that Thanksgiving is sort of going out of style, and uh, and Black Friday is is the new Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, I don't know what you know. Have you seen REI's campaign to skip? Black I have Friday seen that. And opt outside. We don't do that at Meet Athlete, right? No, we yeah, we're we were embracing Black Friday. <laughs> uh, we're we're betting big on Black Friday. In fact, we we yeah. are bullish on Black Friday. We think Thanksgiving is is going out. <laughs> no, I actually, I really like what REI's doing. That's that's cool. Yes, I, it is cool. Uh, anyway, we're gonna have a holiday episode too coming up. That's what's gonna be our last episode before Thanksgiving. But anyway, as I was saying, we have the bundle sale. We did it last year. It was a big success. Um, it was like, I don't know, 15 different vegan fitness products. We're doing the same thing this year with all new contributors. A few of them the same, but many different new ones. Robert Cheek is one of the big names involved this time, uh, as well as Jeff Sanders. So, And Doug Hay, the up-and-coming author, is going to be there as well. And so it's all these great products all put together for a really low price. Uh, we're going to be doing the same thing this Black Friday through a few days into the next week. So check it out, nomadathlete.com slash bundle. If you go there now or anytime before Black Friday, you'll probably just see a message because the stuff's not available yet. Uh, but just a heads up now. We'll remind you again as, as we get there. But nomadathlete.com slash bundle is where you will find the vegan fitness bundle sale. And it's going to be cool. It's going to be awesome. All right. Let's get to the interview and hope you enjoy it. All right. Hey everyone, it's Matt. I'm here with Jeff Sanders, host of the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast and author of the upcoming but technically already available book, The 5 a.m. Miracle. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Matt. It's awesome to be here today. Yeah, uh, it's, we, we had you on the podcast. So you were one of very few repeat guests we've had. I think we've had, I don't know, maybe maybe three now. Um, so you're in an illustrious group. <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk to you because I, I have gone through your new book and uh, really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to talking about that and also a little bit about just the, what you you know your your thing, the five a.m. miracle, which of course we talked about before, but that was that was before that was a year and a half ago now I think maybe a year, and uh, we have a ton of new listeners since then, so uh, I think it's it's no problem to to talk somewhat about about you know your, what you're all about, which is the five a.m. wake up. And uh, I like in the book that you didn't, you didn't, uh, you weren't shy about saying that that five a.m. is is really what it's all about, right? Because I mean, you've you've told me before things like it doesn't have to be five a.m. It can be six a.m. Could be six thirty, and and you did say that in the book, but then then you did say that that five a.m. is really where where it's at for you, and yeah. I like that. I think it, it well. It's true that 5 a.m. is kind of the sweet spot for me. I think for a lot of people, that time tends to work pretty well. Uh, but it's true that you don't have to choose a time that's that early. Like 5 a.m. is definitely not a requirement. It's an arbitrary time that I chose that you know a few years ago. At the time, was based on you know a day job that I had that I had to be at by 9 a.m. And so, in order to get a time in for my morning run and my other healthy habits, uh, 5 a.m. was the ideal time to wake up. And then it also just turns out that 5 a.m. is a great time to wake up in general and to spend time on important projects or personal goals or whatever it is you have going on. And so, yeah, I think that if you can squeeze in an early morning wake-up call, uh, there's a lot of benefits there. And that's honestly what the whole the book is really all about, is the idea of waking up early and you know, making the most of, of your morning hours. And I think that if that can work for you, then I think it should. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I think 
the point there, at least for me, is is that 5 a.m. is what really gives you enough time to to get the benefits, not just to, to wake up a little bit earlier and then be tired as a result, but not really get any reward from it. Uh, and I think that's a really important thing that you mentioned when you start to, to lay out the actual plan for doing it. And you talk about actually having an activity that, that makes it worthwhile for you, that makes it something that you're excited to get to do when you wake up. Um, so we'll get to that in a minute. But you mentioned the benefits, and I think we should actually step back a minute and and point out here that although I think a lot of people probably think of you as a productivity guy, uh, you know, and, and that is a big part of what you do. The the introduction to the book starts out with you talking about getting up early to exercise, to run. And that was what, what started it for you. And then when you start getting into the benefits of this, also right near the very beginning, uh, to me, it was kind of interesting that the first three benefits you listed out of 10 were energy, sleep, and health. And then later, fitness, and then ability to work on and set big, exciting goals. So that's half of the benefits you mentioned there that have really, although they have to do with productivity, they also have directly to do with what the stuff we talk about here, which is health and fitness and energy and all that good stuff. Um, so I think that's important for people to know. And also that you are vegan and often, often raw vegan as well. You kind of do a lot with the fruitarian stuff again for the energy benefits. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that health and wellness plays an enormous role in my own productivity. I think, I think if anybody wants to be more productive, I think the very like, most important thing you could possibly do is have more energy because that's what lends you to being able to, to do the work you want to do. And of course, you know, I get energy from running. I get energy from healthy food. I get energy from waking up early and doing things that make my body function at the best that it could possibly function. And so to me, if you want to truly have a remarkable morning, then you're going to choose activities that allow you to feel your best. And, and then you get those benefits. Then you get that extra mental clarity. You get the physical benefits. You get the energy that comes with that. And so there's no doubt that health and wellness plays an enormous role in, you know, in, in a 5 a.m. miracle, but also in having a very productive day. Gotcha. So if we can if we can put you in a box here, put Jeff Sanders in a box, we can say that you're the productivity guy who comes at it from the angle of energy being first and foremost. And that makes you also someone who's kind of, you know, a, a plant-based fitness guy who does productivity, right? Is that That's fair? Describe it. I love it. Yes. Okay, good. For, for this podcast, you'll be in that box. But for the other ones you do, we won't tell them you're vegan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so let's, let's talk about 5 a.m. Um, because I know people hearing this who haven't heard you before probably are thinking what I thought the first time I heard it, and which what I still kind of think, to be totally honest, is that sounds wonderful. And it sounds like it'd be really, really cool to do that and have this whole, I don't know, my kids get up at 6.30 usually on a good day. Actually, this morning they got up at 4, so that's a, that's a fun fact that, that was not so much fun. Uh, <laughs> but typical day, they're up by 6.30. So if I were to get up at 5, that's an hour and a half of, of me time, which would be awesome. What I'm sure the objection is is – how can I possibly make that work, right? Because I've got everything else, not to mention I have these kids, um, but that means either losing sleep or going to bed really early or, you know, being tired all day. I don't know. I'm sure these are, are what people think. So what what is the way to, to make that work uh, or and, and or why is it worth it? 
Well, it's a good question. Uh, I think the idea behind the idea of waking up early is really about making sure that your day is planned the way you want it to be planned and that your priorities are, are really your priorities. Which means if you have kids who wake up, 630 is a good example of that, and you want me time, you want time for yourself, uh, it, it could just mean waking up at 5 or 530 to give yourself a little bit of personal time, uh, you know, time to yourself. And a lot of people, that's the only time they're going to get to themselves is before everyone else in their household wakes up. And yes, that could mean an earlier bedtime, uh, but that's kind of an ideal way to to function. I think if you plan your life around this idea that you're going to get to sleep earlier, you really can kind of orient your entire family, if you can, uh, for everyone to go to bed a little earlier to make that work. Uh, and, and if you want to get more done in your day, those early morning hours could be that time. Uh, but the, at the end of the day, everyone's going to be getting around eight hours of sleep. And so exactly which eight hours you choose to sleep in uh, is really up to you based on your commitments and the things you want to get done. And I think that to say that, well, because I have kids, I can't wake up early. Uh, well, you're putting a barrier between yourself and your own ideal day. As opposed to thinking of it in that perspective, you would think of it from, well, what, how can I make this work? What are the possibilities here? And when you think about the, the question of how, people find answers all the time. I have lots of people listening to my show who have implemented this, who have kids, who have crazy busy lives. And, and there's definitely ways to pull it off. You may have to get a little bit creative at how, how you do so, uh, but the idea of waking up before everybody else is up in the house so you can have time for yourself to take care of yourself, to prepare for the day, I think is an essential part of being able uh, to have that energy and that health to be able to tackle all those things you're going to be tackling later in the day. Uh, so I think it's, it's a necessary component if you really want to be your best every day. Gotcha. Okay, so then then what what would you say is the plan? I mean, not, not for special situations like I have kids or whatever, but what just what what's the general advice that you would tell someone who wants to start waking up earlier, um, you know, but is concerned about how they're going to be either because they say they're not a morning person or they they think they're going to feel like a zombie. I mean, what, like what what's the the uh, I don't know the, not not the ritual, but the just what's what's the way to get there, right? I mean, what how do we how do we implement that? Well, there's two ways in the book I discuss, and one of them is more of the masochistic approach, which is the you know, hardcore, you know, tomorrow morning I'm, I'm going to get out of bed at 5 a.m. and just force myself to be awake and, and make that stick, uh, which is really kind of the approach when, you, you, know, like, you know, if you travel internationally and you have massive jet lag, and that's kind of what you're going to experience is this really dramatic shift in your sleep patterns. And for some people, that approach works really well because they need that kind of, you know, smack in the face to, to make it work. And you're, yes, you're going to be tired for a few days for sure, you know, exhausted in many cases. But if you really are wanting to make that stick, then it will only be a shorter time period of being tired. Uh, the second approach is probably the one that's actually more effective for most people long term, which is, of course, a, a much slower approach where you're going to do just like 15 minute increments per day of waking up a little bit earlier and then a little bit earlier a few days later. And over the course of two or three weeks, you might adjust yourself to an earlier wake up time, whatever time you happen to choose. But the idea there being that it's going to be a slow progression so that your body adjusts without you feeling that sense of fatigue or exhaustion or, you know, in order to keep your mental faculties you know, up and running, you want to go with a slower approach to make sure it works. And, and for most people, when they choose that slower approach, it does stick long term very well. And the idea, obviously, with this whole thing is that you want this to be a lifestyle. This is a, a way to, to operate going forward. And so if you put those things in, in, into action and really say, well, I'm going to commit to that, then I'm going to just slowly but surely make that happen, I think it honestly will make you feel a lot better about it. And you can then begin to add in extra activities in that early morning time uh, slowly over time as opposed to all at once. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, a couple of things about it. First of all, the idea that you said that this this isn't some short-term thing that you're going to do. right? So if, you were gonna, if your goal was I'm going to 
for two weeks, wake up at 5 a.m. and and then go back to normal, then you know I would say sure, go just jump right into it and and have a miserable two weeks where you're really tired. But but you can do that. But if you want this thing to last for the rest of your life, then whether you get there tomorrow or in a month from now, it doesn't really matter, right? That month of time is is so tiny compared to all the benefits that you get from making this thing last for who knows how many years, or if not the rest of your life. Um, so I think I like to put habits in that perspective when we talk about small steps, because I know a lot of people just don't have the patience for the small steps, and I totally understand that. Uh, but if you think of it that way, that this is the point is to make this my whole life and last a really long time. So this month or three months or whatever it takes you to get to wherever your your ideal situation for your habit is, uh, really is inconsequential when you think about being 20 years from now and looking back at how long it took you to develop that habit. That's a great point. Well put. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. I should have written a book about this. <laughs> um, and the other thing that, that I really like in the book, and I mentioned this before, is that uh, – so I, I was reading this small steps thing and I was thinking, wow, because I, personally I still want to make this happen. And we've talked about this before and every time I talk to you, I'm like re-inspired to try to make it work. Uh, and in my new house, my kids are upstairs and we sleep downstairs. So I could actually get out of my room without waking them up, which would be wonderful. Uh-uh. Um, yeah, so that, that's a new, a new wrinkle in the, in the tail. Um, but what I was saying is what you said about this 15 minutes was like in 15 minute increments is if you, if, if the point of it is to have something really good to do, right? So you do something that is totally energizing either for, for kind of the benefits it gives you later in the day with something like exercise uh, or something like if, if there's just something you just don't make time for that you love to do. I, I don't know if it's reading or art or playing the guitar, who knows what, yoga, meditation. I mean, all this stuff that, that if that kind of becomes your motivator for pushing this 15 minutes back, you know, or, or adding on another 5, 10, 15 minutes every few days, um, I think there's so much power in that. It, rather than just telling someone, you know, your, your goal is to get to 5 a.m. and just you have to you have to get there and you have to gradually do it. I think when people imagine that, it sort of just seems like a miserable time, right? <laughs> like, like waking up and, and then just being tired until your normal wake-up time. But if it's if it's I think you can kind of get into get some momentum going where you're pretty much jumping out of bed because as soon as you wake up you kind of have this joyful memory that that you now have this time to do to do this one thing that that is so special to you that you haven't maybe done in years um, to me that's that's tremendously motivating so I really like that you included that and and gave this kind of a purpose it's not just get up earlier and start your work unless your work is something that you really love. Uh, but it, it's get up earlier so that there's so that you can kind of create this space for yourself. And I think there are so many benefits that that can come from that. And in fact, anyone who's kind of starting any sort of habit program or trying to change their life, what I always recommend is first that's the first thing to do: find time for something that you really, really love doing and that just gives you energy. Uh, and, and your particular approach is to to get up earlier. That's the way to find that time. I mean, that's exactly right. And I, I love the, the approach of, of having something that you love be the first thing you do. That's where my whole 5 a.m. miracle began. I mean, I was training for a marathon at the time, and I really wanted to run that marathon. And so I woke up early, excited to train. And of course, I found over time that the healthier I was, the more I exercised, uh, the more my body was ready to bounce out of bed. And that's why I use that phrase in my podcast a lot, because that's exactly how I felt when things were going the way that I wanted them to go. I would literally bounce out of bed and be excited for my morning. And that same thing can be true regardless of whether it's a marathon you're going to train for or not. But if you have something you really care about, it does it draws you out of bed and, and you want to go do that activity. And so I think that yeah, prioritizing something that you love is a really important step to making any early morning time stick for you 
Yeah, and I think it's obvious that you know what just what a different day that is beyond those morning hours. But just when your day starts in that manner, rather than hitting the snooze button and, and just trying to find five more minutes of sleep time, uh, I mean you're just approaching the day with a totally different mindset. So I think that's really important. Um, Jeff, what about people who say? I mean, because no one's you're not telling anyone that they should try to sleep less. I mean, I think in most cases uh, you've still got to get to sleep, or else you're going to crash eventually. Uh, so that's going to mean getting to bed earlier. What about people who who say that they want that they value that that evening time or that nighttime time? Uh, what's your argument for for it's worth trading it for this morning time? Well, those people who love to believe that they are night owls, kind of you know by nature, like their their genes are telling them, well, I have to you know stay up late. I mean, I think the reality is for most people that your best energy is going to come early in the morning. Your brain's most alert. You get most productivity out of your morning hours. Now, you may have a kind of a second burst of energy late at night, too. But I think that in general, for the majority of people, you actually end up using your morning hours better. It's more effective to prioritize things that matter to you then. Now, you might have an eating activity that's a little more low-key. It could be reading, watching TV, hanging out with your family, whatever it is you choose to do at night. But I think that when you prioritize going to bed early, it allows the next morning to be that much more effective. And your whole day is more productive. And this is you know, a long-term approach here. You're looking at the way your days are going to operate. If you're getting the most value out of your mornings, then that should be what's prioritized. And if that, and if, But I, I will say that if you honestly truly believe that in your gut that you are a night owl for life, and that's what you want to do. That's totally fine. The, the idea is to be intentional with your time and to use your best energy cycles. You know, I'm obviously a huge proponent of an earlier morning, but really the whole point of what I talk about is that if you spend your day the way you want to spend it and you have optimized your hours, then you're getting the most value from your day. But And looking at the way most people operate, it just tends to be that for the majority of the population, early mornings are way better and way more productive with fewer distractions uh, in an early morning wake-up call. And so that tends to be, uh, I think, the argument that I make there. Yeah, I, I think I like that. I mean, it, it, that that if you, I mean, yes, you, you could have your afternoon time or your evening time. Uh, that is your time. But if, if so far in, in the life you're currently living, you're not getting whatever the thing that's so important to you is done, the meditation, the reading, the guitar playing, the writing, whatever your, your you know, secret passion is that you're not finding time for, you don't find time for it in the evening because you're exhausted, right? You've done everything else, and all you can do at that point is, is you know, watch TV or just something that is, that is usually not quite <laughs> all that helpful for your, for your goals. Um, so I think that, you know, set, creating that time first, making that the priority is like paying yourself first and you do that and then you go do work and, and who cares if you retire for the last two hours of work, right? Well, it's true also that, you know, you, you do get a lot more tired as the day progresses. Your discipline wanes, your willpower decreases, like those mm-hmm. things are true. And you can, there's a whole books about those things. I think the willpower instinct is a great book about that too. But it talks about this whole idea that we, you know, as people have this kind of bank of willpower and discipline that's most, you know, filled up early in the day, we use it throughout the day. And so to, to believe that you will somehow have this extra, you know, enthusiasm and burst of energy late in the day, then that's going to be the best use of your time. I think it's almost like you're trying to work, you know, upstream and we're against the flow of how your body really wants to operate and so to get the most out of your day i mean i would argue that you know early mornings are best yeah good okay well that that's a good transition to the next part of this interview because i one thing that surprised me about the book but pleasantly so uh is that it all isn't all about waking up early because my that my one of my questions going in was okay how is jeff going to make a whole book about this one concept of getting up early uh and 
I'm sure you didn't you didn't try, really consider the idea of doing that just because it would have been it would have been the same thing over and over. Um, so it's 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 really I mean I don't know. Would you describe this as as kind of your your productivity personal development book? I mean that it, that that to me seems what it is. You sort of synthesized all these ideas that you and I have talked about that I've seen you write about and talk about. Uh, and, and then I've read other places on the internet as well. It just seems that this is kind of a real one guy's synthesis of all this into a, a plan that people can use uh, to kind of take control of their own lives. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think this book really is my own productivity system. It's the way that I operate. And I outline a seven-step system in the book to be more productive. And, and one of those steps you know, revolves around early morning wake-up calls. But the reality is, is that the steps are really designed for you to organize your entire life, you know, from the long-term goals that you set all the way back to you know, tomorrow morning, what are you going to do when you wake up, and all the details in between to make that whole process work. And I think that when, you, when I approach my own life in terms of you know, why, why I'd get up early at all, What's the point of it? Well, it all ends up you know, going back to, well, I have these big goals I want to accomplish. And then so my whole life starts with, well, these, if these big goals are going to get done, how's my whole life going to be organized to make that possible, to make those goals become my reality and not just some fantasy bucket list goal that I've had on my list forever? You know, I really want to ask myself these questions of how do I get these things done? And then I apply those lessons you know, in the podcast kind of randomly over time. But then with the book, I was able to really streamline that process and spell out like this is how you can from you know, step one through step seven, like go through these steps and you honestly can restructure your life around those things that matter the most to you and then literally see the progress happen and, and review that progress. And then, of course, have you know, people you meet with on a weekly basis to discuss those like we've done for the last couple of years. And I think it's awesome to have all those pieces in place and those strategies and those tools uh, to make it work because when those things are in place you really do get progress and you see so much happen and i think that i'm so excited about the content in this book because i use it and i see it working and so i'm really excited to see how that plays out for the readers as well yeah and it's definitely all there i mean from exactly what you said this this from setting goals because there is a part about about creating goals for yourself and then there's the how do you actually make that uh like you know how do you get chunk it down smaller and smaller so that in your day-to-day your behavior is different and working towards that goal that that is all there uh which which is really cool so speaking of goals uh you you advocate for quarterly goals instead of the the typical annual goals that we all think about especially i mean as as this podcast interview airs and your book comes out it's going to be getting pretty close to december um the book actually releases officially december 1st uh but is available now on amazon um people you know people start thinking about goals and and i'm a big fan of, of talking about how how december is my favorite time to think about goals rather than waiting until like December 31st and saying starting tomorrow is when I stop smoking or start running or whatever it's going to be. Um, so, you know, I'm a big fan of getting started on that early, feeling like you have this, this sort of two or three week head start on all that because you've already kind of laid all this foundation or even potentially started some new habit. So definitely an advocate of starting that now and this great timing for this book, but everyone wants to put their goals into into kind of a, a yearly annual framework, right? When we have New Year's resolutions, we think, what am I going to do this year? Uh, so what what's the reason why you advocate for a, a shorter-term goal than that? 
Well, I think there's a really a, there's a lot of power in having shorter term goals. You know, when everybody thinks about the annual goal setting, you know, philosophy of you know, the next 12 months. Here's what I'm going to try and accomplish. Well, then we we tend to have a lot of energy and enthusiasm for that for a couple of weeks. But by the time you know this time of the year rolls around, November and December, those goals from last January are so far away. Most people have forgotten about them. They've you know quit on those goals a long time ago. And so the idea that you're going to keep the kind of momentum going for an entire year, it's it's a really low probability that it will ever. Happen. Happen. And so what I take the approach is a much more short term and my entire life is in quarters in three month chunks. And then I ask myself in this next three months, what am I really trying to accomplish? And then my entire life is scheduled in that that quarter and nothing else is scheduled beyond that unless I absolutely have like some appointments. But other than that, my goals are only focused in a three month chunk and, and my entire life is structured around that. And with that shorter time frame, it's much easier to visualize what's going to happen and to predict my own behavior and to know how to ensure those goals can be accomplished and to stay enthusiastic throughout the entire process. Because if I have such a long-term goal, it's so easy to postpone the work and say, well, I'll get to that later. But with a three-month goal, I can't wait that long. I really have to get started now and, and get those milestone goals set and begin the work today or else I'm not going to meet that deadline. And so I think it's really important to have that kind of structure in your life uh, just to keep yourself on track. And then over the course of an entire year, uh, you're going to get so much more done because you had a, a short-term focus throughout the entire process. Yeah, I really, really like that. Uh, I know you and I have both been inspired by the book, The 12-Week Year, which kind of goes deeper into into this idea. Um, and one of the things they point out there is that like everyone knows the power of a deadline, and, and they know how it is at work when there is a deadline, how much stuff people manage to get done in that final week before the deadline for this big project is approaching. So when you when you create four different sections of your year rather than just one, uh, you have four different times that you're scrambling for a deadline. If you have you know set these things as as important things to get done by such and such date, um, then you know that that gives you that if you have the the discipline to to really stick to that schedule, then that puts four of these deadlines in your year instead of one. Uh, not to mention what you said that that by the time that year long deadline rolls around, most people almost everyone has totally forgotten about it. It just it's just too far away, and we can't when we do try to make plans that go a year into the future and say, here's my plan to achieve this one year thing. Those plans are, are based on uncertainty, right? We, we project what might happen in the next month and then we make a plan based on where that might be. And by the time you get 12 months out, you, your plan, I mean, almost nobody's plan works in that way, right? We just, we, we change things, things happen and, and things don't go as planned. So I really do like the system. And uh, the last thing for me is that it, one year is kind of I don't know. It's just it's it's kind of the the junk miles of uh, of goal setting, right? So like everyone knows with with running, it's either not everyone knows this. Everyone should know this. Uh, it's either go really hard and get a workout in, or make it an easy day where you're really going easy enough that your body is able to recover and get this aerobic benefit without much stress on your body. Uh, and anything in between, which unfortunately is what a lot of runners end up doing for a lot of their mileage, is the junk mileage. It's the stuff that isn't slow enough to really let your body recover from anything, but isn't hard enough to really stress you to the point of, of needing to adapt to that the next day and having your, your body really make um, you know make changes, make improvements. So to me, it's like I love to have a long vision, a, a three-year, ten-year vision of like here's what would be really nice if this is kind of what my life was like and here's what the target is for me but then have that 
have have the the much much shorter than one year type of focus as to what do I actually need to do now that's going to start making this happen. So to me, one year is it's not long enough for you to actually make giant changes, right? A lot of people we've heard this this idea that we underestimate what we can do in a decade, but we overestimate what we can do in a year. Um, so one year is not quite enough time for most people to really make the giant changes that they want to make. Uh, at the same time, we've we've mentioned why it's too long for a lot of other reasons. It makes you forget things and, and it just it's just too long to really be focused on one precise particular target um so i think it's really great i love that you included that in this book there's a story i, I saw a video from uh, tim cook the ceo of apple talking about how when he was in his mba program he was asked to create a 25-year plan about how his life was going to go for the next 25 years <laughs> it, it's been 25 years i think it was last year it's now been 25 years since he graduated and he was interviewed about his 25-year plan and asking well how did it turn out for you and he said it was accurate for 18 months sort of accurate <laughs> 18 months and then after that not a single thing ever happened beyond those 18 months and he was just talking about how like it's so powerful to say here's what I, my plan is going to be, but it's so useless in reality because it makes no difference because it's, it, life is so unpredictable. It's so hard to know what you're going to do. And I mean, Tim Cook's the CEO of the biggest company in the world. Like, he is so successful in so many ways, and yet looking at his own life trajectory, he could never have predicted that was going to happen based on his plan. And so to say that we can know what we're going to do even a year from now, I think in a lot of ways it's kind of silly because we, we think that we know more about our future than we ever could possibly know. Right. I think Eisenhower said something like that, that the, the planning was totally useful, but the plans themselves were actually worthless. Right. So, I mean, I think, I think the exercise of sitting down and trying to plan something is a really valuable thing. But when it's a long-term plan, really those plans you make turn out to be worthless. Uh, so why not, why not just do more of the planning in the short term so that you still get the benefit of some planning, uh, but it actually turns out that your plans might actually be somewhat close to reality. So big fan of that. We're excited to announce that this episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Aloha. As you know, Matt and I are careful with who we bring on as sponsors of this podcast and always take the time to check out the brands firsthand. Well, I'm happy to announce that Aloha seriously impressed us by offering a ton of unique whole food products. One of the items we're most excited about is the Aloha Daily Good Greens Whole Food Powders. We added it to smoothies and tried it with just plain water, and we loved both the taste and the nutrient punch. You know what the best part is, Doug? No, what? The greens come in a variety of blends and are separated out into convenient on-the-go pouches. Visit aloha.com to check out all the revitalizing greens, cleansing teas, pure and powerful protein bars, snacks, and so much more that they have to offer. And while you're there, use promo code ALOHA20 to get 20% off orders of $50 or more through December 31st, 2015. Um, okay, so I, I think I hope we're getting the sense of, of just kind of what this book is. I think it's really just I, we talk about productivity type of topics like now and then. It's not really what the, this podcast is about, uh, but people do tend to really like when we when we talk about habits, um, productivity type things, even sort of how do you start uh, an online business or start a movement or something. People tend to like that stuff. So I, my hope is that people will hear this and and just kind of uh, look at this book as kind of like a first for someone who who has heard us talk about these topics or has read about these topics online but doesn't consider themselves yet someone who's like deep into productivity or personal development stuff like you and I I think consider ourselves to be Jeff um to me it's like a really great way of having all that stuff from a real person like someone who who isn't this I don't know I mean you know two years ago you or a year ago you were maybe not a year ago but two years ago you were working a regular job when we were doing our accountability meetings you didn't have a book deal uh i mean you had started your podcast but 
I think what's great about this is like it's a real guy. People have heard you on Nomad Athlete Radio before. They've heard us talk about you before. Uh, we, Doug and I mentioned in the intro that we went and filmed the, the videos to the Marathon Roadmap in your apartment last summer. Um, so I just think if, if someone has kind of always been turned off by this stuff, thinking it's just it's guru stuff and it's totally idealistic stuff from someone who's just not going to, you know, it's just plans that aren't going to actually be practical and useful for a real regular person. This is the book that, that to me solves that problem. Uh, and we're in December. We're, we're heading into December, which I think is the great time for this. What I think is really great is that you have a 30-day plan in here of how to actually implement your your system, which, we've, as we mentioned, goes way beyond just getting up early. There's there's this whole pyramid of, of uh, changes to, to be made. So I think the 30-day plan is really good. Um, and, and what I would suggest to anyone listening to this who's, who's vaguely interested in is get the book, do that 30-day plan maybe during December so that, so that when New Year's hits, you, you are – on as on top of things as you can possibly be, especially considering that we're going through the holidays when people tend to tend to do the opposite of being on top of things. Um, so anyway, just I would highly highly recommend it there. Um, as people know, we're friends and we're accountability partners. So uh, not that I'm totally unbiased, but I I really do think it's a great book, and I hope people will will uh, take the time to check it out. Jeff, I want to talk about three oh. more little things that I that I saw in the book and I think are sure. cool. Standing desk. I am I am kind of a new convert to that. Just wondering what your what your thoughts are. Should everyone be doing this? I think so, actually. Standing desks are pretty awesome. I'm, I'm using one right now, actually, for this interview. Um, I use one every single day, all day long. Um, I actually I bought myself a regular sitting desk, actually, about three months ago, and I've used it twice. And I, I only bought it because I thought my, my space would be more efficient to have a place to sit down. But the irony is I don't ever sit down. I have no reason to. Uh, I love to stand. I think it gives me so much more energy. I feel so much more productive. Uh, I know that I stay more energized throughout the day. Uh, I think it works so well as far as keeping you up and active and physically moving throughout the day. Uh, and honestly, if, if I go back to sitting at all, even for a few hours, if I have to go to a meeting or if I'm at the library or something, I can physically feel my body like deteriorating as I'm sitting down for too long. <laughs> and so I think that, yeah, if, if you want to be a wildly energized and productive person, uh, a standing desk is really a, a must-have kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's absolutely what I've noticed too, is that you can, you can feel what sitting is doing to you once you've been standing for a while. Because w- when you haven't, you, you don't notice it it just feels like you're sitting but uh once you do some standing for a little while at your desk and you, you realize what it's like to sit down you really it feels like it's doing damage to you uh which is which is really interesting i haven't heard anyone point that out but that's absolutely true uh what i did i got one of those vera desks which you can put up and down and almost all the time now i'm able to stand at it it took me a while to get used to it but what i really liked was that i could sit down when i needed to because i my problem especially at first was that was, it was difficult for me to do hard work while i was standing up like writing a blog post uh, something that was, you know, scary or just took kind of all your willpower, like to go do this work. One of just the types of tasks that we tend to procrastinate on. Um, I found that that trying to stand up during those was like one thing too much that made it just too much of a willpower exercise for me. Uh, so I'm, I've gotten over that, but I found it really useful to have the option to sit while you're doing your hardest work, uh, but then spend spend your other time, you know, doing email and all that other stuff. Spend spend that standing up. So um, that would be my suggestion for someone who wants to convert to to you know, transition. The other thing, Jeff, inversion, which I have no experience with on my own. I've heard Mike Arnstein talk about how he loves it. And I've heard you talk about you, how you love it. Can you tell us what, what's the benefit to inversion besides being fun that you're upside down? And what is, and what is inversion? Let us know what it is too. 
Yeah, definitely. Actually, I learned about inversion from a raw vegan doctor who lives in Australia, and he was the one. He's actually, I think, one of the guys that inspired Mike Arnstein to try it as well. Um, and I forgot his name at the moment, but anyway, he he's been doing inversion every day for around forty years. And what that means is that he has a pair of gravity boots, which are these like kind of ankle strap things you put on on your ankles, and and you have a bar that you strap your ankles to, and you just physically hang upside down for about ten to fifteen minutes. And I do this around once a day, um, generally right after my my daily workout. And it's a really fantastic way to really reverse gravity. And your blood flows to your head, which, of course, you might imagine that would feel really bizarre or you might pass out. But the, the reality is you don't pass out. That doesn't happen at all. Um, it does feel a little bit goofy. It takes a little while to adjust to. But once you've adjusted to that, what ends up happening is, is that all the blood in your body flows to your head, which increases the oxygen to your brain. Uh, you think more clearly afterwards. Uh, your spine is more aligned and you have fewer back problems. Um, I find that I have less of a need to do yoga if I do inversion because my body feels more relaxed and, and stretched and, and really flexible. Um, while you're hanging upside down, you can do inverted squats or inverted crunches. Uh, there's a lot you can do just with hanging upside down, and it seems so bizarre to do, but yet it's there's so many amazing benefits that come from that process. I think that if you pair that with uh, running especially, it's a really powerful thing to do with that because it does prevent a lot of you know lower back problems especially uh, that happens with running a lot and things of that nature. You want to prevent that, and you want to feel your best. And I find that when I don't do inversion, I can tell my body does not feel as good as it could. And so I, I think if you, if you want to you know, buy a pair of gravity boots or you could buy an inversion table or an inversion chair, uh, whatever works for you, just find a way to be upside down more often. And I think you'll really like that a lot. Okay. So that, that's what I was going to ask you. Are, is, are the boots the same as like an inversion table? Does it get the same effect or is it, is it somehow different? Um, from what I, I know, I don't actually I don't use a table, um, but I know that the technical uh, benefits of hanging upside down are the same. Uh, what you get from the gravity boots, though, is the ability to be more flexible and to do the inverted squats and the inverted crunches, and you can move around a whole lot more. Whereas the table restricts your movement quite a bit, and you really can only just hang there. And so, and I find that the more I move when I'm upside down, the better I feel, and the more effective the actual inversion process is. And so, I'm a big proponent of that. But you to do the gravity boots, though, you definitely have to be an, in good physical shape to be able to get yourself back out of that uh, and definitely have someone available in case you can't because it could be dangerous. I mean, it, 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 you literally are hanging there. So it's one of those cases where, like I say, gravity is awesome. <laughs> right. I'm also saying that assuming that you have the physical ability to, to do it yourself, uh, but that's not always the case. So make sure that if you, the, the inversion chair is actually the best one uh, to do by yourself. It's the, the safest option. Um, so if you want to begin there, you can start with the inversion chair and then upgrade later on. Okay. Yeah, there's no danger of like passing out and then and then being stuck there forever is there and like dying while you're passed out that's possible i think the 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 bigger danger for me is that you could actually like tweak your back when you're doing it and if your muscle spasms or something which that mean one time before then you physically can't get yourself out of it and you're stuck hanging upside down because your back muscles are frozen which is a a very (laughs) scenario and so i only do inversion my my wife is at home to make sure that like you know nothing bad is going to happen and i also invert with my phone in my hand so i I can call that one myself in case things go bad like i can you know, that's yeah. you know an extreme example, but the point is, is that you know, yes, inversion is amazing, but it, it is a little bit of a risky behavior. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. Okay, I did not not occurred to me. And so, how long how long did you actually do it to get the benefits? Did you say fifteen minutes? 
Yeah, from what I've read, 15 minutes is the maximum time you want to do. I do 10-minute sessions, which works really well for me. Uh, I feel like after 10 minutes, my feet go numb, and so I try to make <laughs> that doesn't happen. Uh, but 10-minute uh, time period for me, as long as I'm being you know physically active and moving my body around, um, I feel really good with 10 minutes. And I find that that's uh, plenty of time if I do it once a day to really get those benefits. Hmm. Neat. Okay. Well, maybe that'll be my 5 a.m. habit. I'll start doing it, and I'll gradually increase my time so that I'm doing it for two hours eventually. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, last thing, I don't know if this was in your book, Jeff, um, but I, it just occurred to me: what do you? How do you handle email? I know this is a total productivity question. It has nothing to do with fitness, uh, but it does have to do with doing something that is not at all the way we want to be spending our day. Um, you know, so that we can we can go do marathon training or something else much better. Um, what I mean, do you, do you have an email strategy just for? Do you do email like? after some amount of time in the day or first thing in the day or what how do you get that well, actually, in, the, in the book, I discuss you know inbox zero and the whole concept behind making sure that I, I respond to all of my own emails once every twenty four hours, and that ensures that I am at least caught up at least once a day in that process. Now, I'm kind of an email junkie, so I tend to check my email more often than once a day. I'm looking at my email three or four times a day to fully clear out the, you know all of my messages that are there. Um, in the morning hours, I try to make sure I don't check email for a little while to make sure I have time for my morning habits because emails are very distracting and one of those things that pull you away from your work and so I, yes I, I get to inbox zero early in the day but only after I've done you know some really key morning habits to make sure I'm ready to tackle that and then I do so again later in the day with email and then probably at, at night before I go to bed as well so my goal is to get to inbox zero as often as I can uh, just to make sure I know what's going on but the, the real the, the problem with that is that if you let email kind of take over your life if you get too many of them then you're not going to do your work and, and really the goal is to create those you know focus blocks of time where you can get your work done and not be distracted by things like email and so it's one of those as a fine balance there to figure out what works best for you uh, but at the very least i think having a, an inbox zero you know procedure is a really good one to have just to ensure that you are always on top of what's going on gotcha okay so you're not on a on a tim ferris crusade of, of no email or anything. no i'm not no okay. good because i'm tired of that all right um Jeff, this has been cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this book. I really am. I hope I've gotten that across. Um, you know, just as I looked through it today, I saw all these topics. There's there's the 5 a.m. thing. There's anchor habits. There's quarterly goals. There's the wins, losses, and our entire routine, which you, you have shared without my permission, Jeff, of uh, our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> our, our Monday morning. Well, you're, you're in the book too, Matt. I actually. know. I know. My name is there. I appreciate that. And, and <laughs> I, it's, it's an honor to be a part of it. Uh, and it was, it was just really cool as I was reading it to see like, hey, there's there's the stuff that Matt and I talk about every one day. That's right. Um, yeah. So you, you did not divulge any of my personal secrets, which is good. But uh, that's true. Yes. I'm glad that our, our routine is there. Uh, yeah. So if anyone's curious about about the ins and outs of what Jeff and I talk about every Monday, that is all there. Um, and you have you have a section about going pro. So all these things, you know, are, are references to that one, of course, the to the Stephen Pressfield book, Turning Pro. Um these things that, that we've talked about and I've, I've discussed with you and I've seen you talk about, and I think it's just really neat that you've, that you've as I said, synthesized them all into this one sort of productivity manual from a real person. Uh, so I, I think people will really like this book, and I hope they check it out. It's at Amazon now. It becomes officially released on December 1st, but I think you said Barnes & Noble is going to be shipping it I don't know, also December 1st. And people can get this in stores as well, right? Yes, you can, yeah. Okay, and it's called The 5 A.M. Miracle. Correct. Nothing else. Nothing. Nothing crazy, right? 
nothing crazy. And the subtitle is, to, is dominate your day before breakfast. So that whole philosophy there kind of sticks with it. So, uh, Good. yeah, that's the book. Okay. Well, check it out. Uh, also, jeffsanders.com for Jeff's stuff in the 5 a.m. Miracle podcast, which is an excellent one to listen to as well if you're not already. Um, anything else, Jeff? Or are we? Is that it? That's a lot of the book. So, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jeff. Uh, congratulations on having a published book out there and doing a really nice job with it. Uh, I think you should be very proud of it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. All right. I'll talk to you later. 